everyone, I am Coco like Chanel, the European American, and a happy new year to everyone, 2019. Today on Tea with Coco, I wanted to take some time to discuss dusting off dreams. I've had an experience recently in 2018 that really made me reevaluate what I thought a quote dream was. And so today I'd like to share and hopefully inspire you guys to take 2019 to be the year to dust off your dreams. Every year it seems that the new year comes with diet and physical activity resolutions. This is the year that after the holidays of enjoying and eating life, we are going to turn it all around. Sometimes they're behavioral. This is what I'm going to do every day. And while we statistically know that most of our resolutions are abandoned by February, we always start off with the best of intentions at heart. Something that I was reflecting on when I was trying to decide what my resolutions were going to be for this coming year was reflecting on my previous year's resolutions. The previous year, I had wanted to speak better French and to learn to play the guitar and to find something creative that I could do to kind of balance out my more analytical focused job because I work in tech. So when looking back this year, I definitely didn't spend as much time on the guitar and French as I should have. So they're kind of crossing over to this year as well. But one of the things that I really did was try to cultivate some of my creative outlets. And I try to always not have my resolutions be physical manifestations of how I want to change my body, but more mental improvements. Not always a change of what I look like physically, but a change of how I am expanding mentally. If you all follow the blog, you absolutely know how much I love taking baths. And last year, while taking a bath, I was really thinking about not that as a resolution so much, just that I really wanted a creative outlet and that I missed creating. Working so many years in the salon and actually being a student, it always gives you something to do, something to create. And there was always an opportunity to have a more artistic endeavor than I've had in in my career in tech. So I'm thinking about this in the bath, and I thought the easiest and most economical solution would be to start a lifestyle blog. It was something that I love to think and talk about, and the idea of getting to share that with the world, even if it's just my friends and family, was was enthralling. It was, you know, that opportunity to create, to have those aspects that I really liked, my passions that I can indulge in, like design and writing. I had done some web design for the magazine that I own and some writing as well, and, and I really liked it. But moreover, at this point, I wasn't ready to give up my entire career in pursuit of something more creative. And that's not always even necessarily what you need. Sometimes you can have a very analytical side of your brain and you want to be able to counterbalance that with a a more left creative side at a, a different time without giving up a career or changing careers. You know, I also think that millennials 
having graduated from college in that 2008 financial crisis, so many of my friends are terrified of leaving their corporate jobs that they have now because we have to be able to pay all of the bills. And so taking a chance, taking a career option or working for a startup, so many of us have heard great success stories and absolute horror stories. And unfortunately, you can't get out of your student loans even by filing for bankruptcy. So it's a very real threat that we have constantly lurking and a decision that we've seen turn out very well and exceedingly horrific. So finding something that you can balance to try to test that water, see if you like these type of other careers, see if you're any good at them, is a great way that you can Stip a toe in without having to dive headfirst and, and making a lot of financial or life decisions. So I'm contemplating all of this in the bath. I'm trying to remember at this point if I was drinking wine while doing this, which is known as my thinking juice. And I'm going to say yes. This sounds like a wine conversation to have with yourself. But... <laughs> I literally got out of the bathtub and looked and saw that Coco Like Chanel was available as a domain. And I bought it right there, which was nothing. Uh, it was, you know, maybe $12 for the year or something very, very reasonable. And after that, I started designing the website and started writing and looking at pictures and making the Instagram. And it was all of these little things that then come up. And it's always fun to see how those things come together and making a logo for myself and those types of deeply creative aspects that I got to spend time cultivating and creating. And, you know, maybe it will come of nothing, but there are definitely people that have found a living working as a lifestyle blogger, and maybe, if not, it was such a great use of my time because it was an, the antithesis of a lot of the stress and anxiety that came with my more analytical tech job, and uh, a great way for me to kind of test the waters and see how I like this type of work. So after a few months of doing the blog, I decided after listening to a couple of really awesome podcasts that I wanted to get on this train. And that's what is leading to what you're listening to right now. I decided, you know, I wanted to do a, a podcast, a weekly or what's turning more into monthly <laughs> with my day job podcast. But it has been so much fun talking through some of the places I've traveled with my husband, talking about some of the topics that are on my mind or the books I've read, really anything. And even though I'm getting to share that with my friends and my family who are spread across the world, you know, my mom's in Europe and my sister's in South Africa. So, well, Lesotho, so in a small country inside of South Africa on the continent of Africa. So even if it's getting to talk with them about this type of stuff that the nine hour time difference doesn't allow, it's, it's been fun. And other than finding a hosting site, again, it's not a lot of money that you have to put into it to make this a reality. I mean, I bought a microphone and, you know, some storage. That was really it. Everything else is really left up to your creative ability. So, you know, I, I start the blog and then I decide to add a podcast. And a couple of months after I start the podcast, I decide to turn one of the most popular articles I had on the site into a short book. I had the thought initially of 
I always wanted to write a book. And I think a lot of people feel that, right? Oh, I have so many stories. I should write a book. And I thought, yeah, I've always wanted to write, but I have this idea in my head that to be a writer, I have to commit my entire life and I would have to give up my career and I'd have to get a book deal or spend years working at it at night and have it be this huge, epic American European story, you know, with prose that would be to die for. And I, we put so much, or at least I did pressure on that perfection and all of these barriers. I would have to get a book agent and I would have to get an advance so that I could live off of it. And all of those more maybe theatrical renditions or just antiquated because I think that is how it used to be. Finding small publishing houses was not always easy either. It's something I don't think I could have done today. But now you can literally upload your book to Amazon and create a Kindle and paperback edition. Now I took mine a little further because I like design, but you can put a Word document in there. It's amazing. And I, I might do another podcast all on how you can publish books on Amazon. But the writing part, you know, I had a lot of it done because I had done a lot of writing on the blog, or at least I knew where I wanted to go with it. And this idea that I could literally self-publish a book and have it be on one of the biggest companies in the world's website to sell worldwide was freaking awesome. And so I had the thought, which I've shared with you guys a lot that goes through my head for good or bad, which is why not? I'm going to do this. I'm going to write a book. And so I, you know, did the writing part of it. And then I decided from looking at a couple of other books in a similar genre that I wanted some images as well. And I decided I wanted illustrations, drawings. I thought that would be fun. And so I started to look for some people to do the illustrations for me. And it was expensive because it, as I found out, took a lot of time. So I decided here's another opportunity for me to be creative and artistic. Uh, I'm going to do all of the illustrations in my book. Uh, thankfully, I have a wonderful friend, Becca Garabino, who lives and works in Paris and is a photographer on the side. You can follow her Instagram, which is one of the top 25 Instagrams in Paris. She's fantastic. I'm going to be meeting up with her in July when my husband and I head to Paris and she's going to do a little photo shoot for us, but she's fantastic. And I had seen some of her work on Instagram and she lent me the cover photo, which is a beautiful bouquet of flowers, bottle of champagne with the Eiffel Tower in the background. I mean, it's just gorgeous. So again, a lot of it was looking at my friends to tap their artistic resources together as well. But I decided to do the illustrations in the book. So I went and got an iPad Pro with the pen and borrowed one from someone at work first to kind of test out the water, see how I liked it, and then went and bought one because you can do all of the drawings with pen. And I think one of the things that always stopped me from doing illustrations in the past is unlike with acrylic paint, when you mess up, you pretty much have to start all over again. And I mess up a lot, especially because, you know, I was more of an amateur illustrator at that point. And what's so great about the iPad Pro is that you can just press the back button and you have so much control over color, size, depth, opacity. It makes the whole experience 
fun. So I illustrated everything in the book and I got some quotes and got some help with the design and InDesign. I had worked a little bit in that before, again, with the magazine, but luckily have amazing friends that are willing to help me share their talents. And within a month or so, had it published. I took it a little bit further and decided to record, since I have all of the equipment from doing the podcast, the audiobook as well. And didn't know if you knew this, but Audible is owned by Amazon. And you can also upload your audiobook to Amazon for free and list it. And if you record it yourself, you don't have to pay royalties to any voice actor. And I always like books that are narrated by the author, as you guys know if you listen to the Dion von Fustenberg audiobook review I did a couple months ago, which is fantastic if you haven't read it. But very quickly, it started building on itself. You know, I'm doing a blog. I am going to do a podcast. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to illustrate a book. I'm going to do the narration of the audiobook. <laughs> and at the end, it just led to something that I'm super proud of. The thing is that once you complete one of these things that you think is a distant dream, that you think is maybe a pipe dream, something that can't happen. I didn't realize that I was starting incremental. I didn't realize that I was starting as a bloggist and then becoming a podcaster and then becoming a writer. I, it wasn't planned that way. It just was natural from doing this, from talking to people about it and from having my own passion to move forward and expand and push the boundaries. So now having had this experience, it's really making me view what some of my other pipe dreams or things I've always wanted to do, but never had the gumption to go out and try and, and see what 2019 can be. At this point last year, in 2018, I had no inclination that I would be a published author or have a blog or a podcast or have sponsorships on my podcast, um, which I just got my first one of. It's incredible how it moves you forward and how those things have really pushed themselves into my day job as well, wanting to get more creative with that, wanting to take some of the design elements and pull them into the tech job that I have. And that I, I really think are a point of difference and a differentiator. So it's taking time. Yes. And I did not do as much reading or as much watching television with my husband <laughs> as I would have wanted to last year. So maybe that can be on the docket of things to prioritize this year. But it was a wonderful balance that I got to have in my life. And the outcome was, was really fun. I have a aunt who I interviewed on the first podcast of this series who worked at HP for many years, and she's always wanted to write a book. And one of the things that really came from this in my learning is I don't know why she can't. And there isn't a reason she can. Now anyone can. And a lot of people have different dreams, so I'm not saying everybody has to become a writer, but it's one of those elusive careers that we feel is unobtainable. So food for thought there. I 
would also hope that if you have something else you'd love to do, learn how to play the guitar. <laughs> Email me. We can learn together. I am using Musician on my iPad to learn. I got a beautiful guitar for my birthday last year, and so I definitely need to be strumming it more often. One of the other things I'm dusting off this year as a dream is you guys may know from my subtle humor on this podcast that I fancy myself a comic. I have always loved to tell jokes and obviously perform in any way, shape, or form. Perform in any way, shape, or form. See, I'm like trying to crack myself up already. (laughs) So this year, one of my dusting off the dreams will be to go to a comedy open mic night and do a tight five, which is comedy jargon for a five-minute show of jokes. So this is going to spend the next couple of weeks or months refining. My husband says, I said weeks, and he said, whoa now, (laughs) you have to take months. (laughs) Apparently I have to test all material on him first, and if I can get him to laugh, apparently there's no one I can't get to laugh. But I'm going to be channeling my marvelous Mrs. Maisel, And hopefully Amy Sherman Palladino will come through me like this spirit and I will get them laughing. But again, it's just one of those things you don't think about doing seriously in any capacity, but you don't know. I had no idea that starting a blog would lead to a published book on Amazon, but it did. So who knows? I could be the next Tina Fey. Doubtful, because she's amazing and brilliant in every way, shape, and form. And Tina, if you ever listen to this, I love you. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) Mean Girls Musical. I mean, seriously, I can't even. You're incredible. But when you have people that inspire you like that, like like Tina Fey, like Amy Poehler, uh, like, you know, Amy Sherman Palladino, who writes The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and wrote Gilmore Girls, Megan Mullally, who wrote a book with her husband, Nick Offerman, and have these talents. Megan Mullally also has a band that she started with another girl named Nancy and Beth. And we don't know which one is Nancy and Beth, which I learned from listening to her audiobook. But it's they're incredible. She has an incredible voice. And it's interesting to see that we kind of allow Hollywood to take a stab at all of these things. You can be a singer, a dancer, a writer. You can start a wood-making company like Nick Offerman, Megan Malawi's husband did. They can kind of have these different manifestations of their, quote, dreams. And we can't. A large part of it, I think, is financially driven. Like, they have the money to do it. But You don't have to have a lot of funds, as I have found out, to start a blog, write a book, or it's free to book an open mic night. So if you want to read poetry or draw, sing, write, there's so much opportunity that is created now. From small artist markets that you could sell your work at to the internet of possibilities. Andy Veer, who wrote The Martian actually had a very similar path to publication as I just had for my book. Not that I'm comparing it to The Martian, because that is a masterpiece. Andy Vera, you're awesome. Legitimately blew my mind. Loved it. But he published it, self-published, on Amazon. I think sold it for 99 cents on a Kindle edition only. Plain text. I think he literally, 
uploaded a Word document like I was saying you could do before. And it obviously got picked up by a publishing house and then year before last got made into a major motion picture, The Martian, for which Matt Damon, I believe, won an Oscar. You guys can check me on that. But he probably had no idea that it was going to do any of those things or he would have submitted it to a publishing house. We've all heard the story that J.K. Rowling has told about how she submitted Harry Potter to multiple publishing houses and it got rejected. So when you think about the mastery of J.K. Rowling, I'm obviously not even close to that. And I think very few of us are. Uh, But if you are, please write a book so we can all read it because it's incredible. I still think to this day, Severus Snape is one of the most enticing literary characters of all time on par with like a Jane Austen, Elizabeth Bennet. I mean, incredible. But this is all doable now. It isn't 1996 and poor JK Rowling is having to send her manuscript to multiple places that don't understand her amazingness and get rejected. And you don't have to either. If you guys are interested in checking out my book, there is a link to the Amazon Kindle and paperback editions on the website, or you can simply type into Amazon how to live a romantic life, even if you're single AF. The audiobook will be on Audible next week, fingers crossed, and any feedback you guys have on the cover art, the illustrations, the writing, the topic, anything, please let me know. It was, of course, just a bit of fun, but I had such a good time doing it that I'm actually putting on the docket for 2019, writing a few more books, and I think this time I'm trying my hand at children's books because I have a beautiful nephew and niece and soon-to-be one more niece, and I would love to write a book for them. And now I know how easy it is to make that a reality. So look for that in 2019 to come from me as well. Some more books written and illustrated by yours truly, Coco Guerin, Coco Like Chanel. So, 2019. Let's make this a year where we take advantage of the time that we live in and the ability to share our talent, our passion, our creativity with the world, even if it doesn't mean quitting your day job. As always, I'm going to leave you with a little land yap. The holiday season always makes me really excited to experiment with libations. And I think there's just that festivity in the air. Now, if you live anywhere in the greater New Orleans area, you know that festival season has actually just begun because Mardi Gras is coming up next month. So I wanted to share some recipes that I really enjoyed indulging in this holiday season for some libations. If you do happen to live in the New Orleans area, try these out during Mardi Gras. And if not, on a good night when you need a good drink. So my first is a classic, the Dirty Martini, but you will be surprised how many places do not make it. So martinis, traditionally made with gin, you can also make them with vodka. I will caution everyone out there, 
Don't try Hendrix Gin unless you are ready to make the switch for life. One person introduced me to Hendrix and I can't go back to any other gin now. It is legitimately the best and I love it. It's incredible. So buyer beware, drinker beware. Dirty Martini, I make mine with gin. Two ounces of gin, one tablespoon of dry vermouth, two tablespoons, two, three tablespoons of olive juice, I like it dirty, two to three olives. So you wanna make sure you shake or stir. There's a lot of debate about that. When Mr. Bond, James Bond, orders his shaken, there is a lot of speculation that that will chip the ice and cause a weaker drink. So some very intense martini drinkers prefer that it is stirred with one of the long spoons and those long glass pitchers that are for this exact purpose. So to each their own, just enjoy. The other, I am going to call the Melissa after my cousin who introduced me to this beverage. So it is gin. Again, she's the one, the wonderful evil woman that introduced me to Hendrix Martinis and Hendrix as a gin in general. And she puts an ounce to two ounces of gin, depending on how much fun we want to have that night, with grapefruit juice and fresh herbs from the garden. Basil, rosemary, thyme, whatever is fresh, and some sparkling water. You can buy those kind of sparkling grapefruit juices, this Splendriff brand that you can get at Trader Joe's. That works completely fine, or fresh grapefruit juice and fresh herbs. It is incredible. I really can't get enough, which isn't always a good thing, but they're really low calories, obviously, for a cocktail, and the fresh herbs just take it to another level of amazingness. So if you have an herb garden at home or keep fresh herbs anywhere around, that's one definitely to try. The last thing I wanna do is give a shout out to Maloof Wines. My amazing friend, and her husband, Ross Maloof, make wine. This is really the embodiment of what I have been talking about in this podcast. She had a corporate job working on the other side of the country, and she and her wonderful husband moved to Portland last year, year before last year, but they started making their own wine. And now they have distribution in all of these states and are getting recognition within the community. They've been on local news channels and written up in local papers. It's just incredible to watch someone you love so much do something they love so much and have it be so incredibly wonderful. I ordered a case of their wine to give as gifts and have around for the holidays. And I have to tell you, it is some of the best wine I've ever had in my life. Maloof Wines, M-A-L-O-O-F. You can follow them on Instagram. I messaged her the other day and said, I have a serious bone to pick with you. Your wine is too good. It is now making all other wine taste bad in comparison. I'm like, what is this water that I'm drinking? It's absolutely wonderful. And just like you don't know what's gonna turn into a passion or career and she still has a full-time day job. I don't know how she does it, as does her husband. They're living this dream. They dusted it off and made 2018 one heck of a year and now I get to drink the amazing rewards. So thanks you guys. Big shout out to Ross and B, 
and Maloof Wines for helping make my holidays so incredibly wonderful. Much appreciated. All right, that is it for this week's episode of Tea with Coco, the European American. I am Coco like Chanel, and until next time, laissez le bon temps rouler. Have a great day. Have a great 2019.